Live Creative Now, Episode 100. Welcome to Live Creative Now with Melissa Dinwiddie, a weekly podcast to inspire you to create your art and share your work. Because that's how you will change the world. Hello, I am Melissa Dinwiddie, passion pluralite artist, happiness catalyst, and creativity instigator, and author of The Creative Sandbox Way, here to address all your questions about living a full-color creative life. Whether you think of yourself as not artistic, not creative, which is a lie, or you think of yourself as an artist of any kind, or anything in between, No matter how you define yourself, feeding your creative hungers makes you feel more alive. It's how you change your life, and it's how you change the world. On Sunday, I came back from five blissful days at the Friends of Calligraphy Spring Retreat, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes, five days. And while I was there, I never wanted to leave. I kept thinking to myself, I wish I could do this forever, all the time, all the time, every day. But I missed my husband, and I missed my fluffy Siberian kitty, and I missed doing improv, and I missed sleeping in my own bed. And on Friday... I fly across the country to Hartford, Connecticut to speak at the CTPPA, Connecticut Professional Photographers Association, 68th Annual Convention. And if I lived at in a retreat center making art 24-7, 365, well, actually, wasn't, I wasn't making art 24-7, but if I lived there 24-7, I wouldn't be doing things like that. So... Of course, there are trade-offs. I wouldn't be able to sleep in a queen-size bed. (laughs) I'd be in a little twin bed. I wouldn't be able to sleep in the same bed with my husband and do improv and do the other things that I love to do during the day and speak at conventions of professional photographers and things like that. So yeah, there are trade-offs. But Still, right now, I have to confess to you that I am a bundle of nerves because on Friday, I'm flying to Connecticut to speak at this convention of professional photographers. So I'm not just a bundle of nerves because I'm rehearsing this speech. Honestly, I wish I could spend all day just rehearsing my speech. I would be a lot less nerve-addled if I could (laughs) because... I'm spending a lot of time doing all the other things that have to get done that keep me from rehearsing my speech. Isn't that always the way it goes? And right now I'm looking at the clock on my Mac computer and it's 9.24 p.m. and I still don't have the podcast done and the podcast publishes at 6 a.m. in the morning. So for this week's episode, I decided to riff on a little post which I published to Instagram um, this morning, yesterday morning, if you are listening to this on the day the the podcast goes live. And I then emailed the Instagram post out to my ArtSpark 
newsletter subscribers. If you're not aware of the ArtSpark, it's a a periodic newsletter that goes out randomly. It doesn't go out on any regular schedule. And it is my artwork and little little philosophic, (laughs) philosophizing, just random thoughts. And it's called the ArtSpark newsletter. And you can find it at melissadinwitty.com slash ArtSpark. You can subscribe. It's a little seven second inspiration, just a little hit of inspiration with my art and some of my thoughts. So this morning, I published this little post and I sent it out to my ArtSpark subscribers. And I thought I would share that with you and some riffs on it. In my ideal world, this episode, which is my 100th episode, would be a lot grander (laughs) than a riff on a little Instagram post. And it would definitely be better planned out than this. But this is the reality of life as a creative and as a human being. We make do with what we have. And some days get rocky. And certainly things don't always go as planned. That's certainly how my life goes. (laughs) So we practice self-compassion as best as we can. We forgive ourselves for being human. Lord knows I am not the superhuman that I wish I were. And we keep plugging away. So here is the post. And I will just share with you my thoughts. We'll just see how this goes. I love improvising. So that's what we're going to do. Do you feel fear when you create? She asked. And that is actually what somebody asked me the last night at the retreat, just before dinner, she walked by my little table and I had started, there was only a few minutes before dinner and I didn't want to get into, I don't know, painting or I just didn't want to get into something that was going to get really involved. So I pulled out my sketchbook and my uh, Pigram Micron pen and I started making a knot doodle. I've been really into these knot doodles where I draw knots. They're very improvisational. And they're really fun. And she saw me doing that. And she said, Do you do you feel fear when you create? And I loved that question. And it turned into this long conversation that we started right there with her standing right next to my table. And we we extended it over dinner. And I had to think to myself, do I feel fear when I'm drawing the knot doodles? Because I've been drawing those knot doodles for a while. I've been doodling pretty consistently for over a year now, almost every day in the morning when I'm sitting up in bed. And I do still feel fear when I doodle, but those not doodles, I don't feel that much fear. So I had to think about it. But the answer is to the question, do you feel fear when you create is yes, I do. All the time, quite frequently. Specifically the not doodles, not as much as I used to because 
I have been working in that particular series for a long time. And so I've gotten pretty comfortable with that particular series, that particular style of working. And that's how fear works. The more you do a particular thing, the <clears throat> the less scary that particular thing becomes. So <laughs> as I wrote in this Instagram post, I wrote, right now my anxiety is mounting as my two speaking gigs approach. I've got this one coming up in Connecticut. And then when I come home, four days later, I'm giving a shorter version of the same speech to a local private high school, 225 kids. And I'm more nervous about that one than the the photographers, largely, partly because it's high schoolers. And <laughs> I remember being in high school and being so judgmental. <laughs> uh, high school. So partly because of that, and partly because the high school gig has an ex extremely tight timeline. The time block that I have is 57 minutes exactly, and that includes the time where I will be introduced. So I need to, it has to be extremely tight. Whereas for the photographers, I have a 90 minute block. So I feel a lot less stressed out <laughs> about making sure that I'm going to be able to fit my speech in the allotted time. Um, also, because I have more time with this, with the photographers, I'm able to incorporate some hands-on activity. I don't have time for that with the, with the high schoolers. And so my fear is that they're going to be bored. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, with the speaking I do not have fear uh, of, as so many people do, getting up on stage in front of people. That does not scare me because I am used to getting up on stage in front of people. Now, that has not always been the case. The only reason that I am not scared of getting up on stage in front of people is because I have done it many, 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 many times in the context of leading services for my synagogue and performing as a jazz singer and as an improviser, I have gotten comfortable with the discomfort of getting up on stage in front of people. So that is not something I was born with by any means or stretch of the imagination at all. It is something that terrified me, absolutely terrified me, beyond belief terrified me. First time I remember having to get up on stage by myself in front of people was in fourth grade when I had to do a book report. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> so trust me when I tell you that speaking, public speaking is not something that I came, came to naturally. Back to the retreat when this woman asked if I feared, when I, if I felt fear, when I, if I feel fear when creating, I know that she was refer referring to fear of the blank page, you know, the fear of making an ugly mark that I don't like, but ultimately it's all the same thing because fear is fear. When I think about the speaking gigs, my fear, oh my God, there's so many le levels of fear. Will I forget what I intended to say? Now, as a speaker, 
There are some people just have a general idea of what they want to say and they riff and improvise. I like to do that in certain settings, but for these particular presentations, these are very, very scripted, extremely scripted. And so my style of rehearsing is to memorize them down to the word, but then to present them so that they sound as if I am speaking them off the top of my head. So I have a lot of fear of forgetting the words, forgetting my lines. It's memorization, like, like memorizing lines for a play. (laughs) So (laughs) I can never be too rehearsed as far as I'm concerned. And I don't feel as rehearsed as I would like to be. So that's scary. Uh, And then there's the fear of what if my technology doesn't work? I wasn't going to use slides at all, but I do have a couple of visuals and I decided I was going to print out posters and then that just was going to get ridiculously expensive. And it just ended up making more sense for me to use slides, but I don't have a laptop. So I decided to use my iPad with adapters and cables. And so I am putting my trust in those adapters and cables and I have redundancy. I have extra spare adapters and cables, but there's always the, you know, I don't know that the technology doesn't always work. So there's that fear. And if the technology doesn't work, I will improvise and it will be okay. But there's that uncertainty, that unknown, (laughs) which brings up fear, right? Then there's the fear of, is the audience going to like it? Will they be bored? And I have the breakout activity for the photographers. Will it be fun for them? Or will they hate it? Will it bore them? Are they going to all walk out of the room in disgust? (laughs) So there's those fears. Then there's the fear of, I'm bringing my ukulele. There's a 25-minute section, which incorporates my ukulele. That is an integral part of the speech. So I'm very dependent on my ukulele working. What if a spring breaks, a string breaks? What if my ukulele breaks? When I went to jazz camp last summer, I think it was, my ukulele broke. So (laughs) there's that fear, (laughs) technology breaking. What if I have a wardrobe malfunction? Um, What if I get sick or if I lose my voice? Those kinds of fears. As a singer, I always am concerned about my voice. I get hoarse very easily, so there's that fear. What if the technology of the microphones, the sound system, they don't work? Those kinds of things. Now, these are all things that are overcomable. <laughs> That's not a word I know, but that I'll I'll work with whatever the situation is that can be worked with. But those are those are fears and anxiety, anxieties, the unknown that are just piling up in my chest like bricks. They're rising higher by the day. The biggest one is is the feeling like I can never, never be rehearsed enough for me to feel as confident as I would like. Maybe if I've done the if I've done the keynote a hundred times in front of an audience, maybe then I will feel rehearsed enough, but I'm not there yet. (laughs) So this is all part of the process. And this is how it goes whenever you do something new, 
whenever you do something new, this is just how it goes. And all of those questions, every single one of those questions, those are all the voices of my gremlins. And they are trying oh so desperately to get me to just stop. Stay home. Stay home. Just stay home. Cancel the trip. Stay safely inside your comfort zone. Don't leave your comfort zone. My gremlins are trying to keep me safe. They're trying to keep me from growing because that's what gremlins do. That is why they exist. They want to keep us inside our comfort zones because all growth and creativity happen outside your comfort zone. Because if, if it is, uh, Outside your comfort zone, it's that's the zone of uncertainty, right? But if it's not uncertain, that means it's been done before. And if it's been done before, that means it's not truly creative. So we want, we want to step outside our comfort zones. We want to be in that, that zone that our gremlins tell us is unsafe, because that's the only place where we're going to grow. And it's the only place where we're going to truly be creative. But our gremlins are going to use every trick in the book to try and keep us from leaving that comfort zone. They will try to convince us that they are the voice of truth, the voice of wisdom and the voice of reason. They're lying. So I just smile thank them for their concern. And I keep right on going. And as I say in my speech, I send them off to get a pedicure. I do my daily doodle, I get on with my rehearsing, and all the other stuff that gets in the way of the rehearsing, but that has to get done, and creating my slides, and preparing for my trip. That is the creative sandbox way. And my 10 guideposts are the tools that help keep me going along the creative sandbox way. And you can read all about them in my book, which you can find at creativesandboxway.com. And you can download the first 50 pages for free at creativesandboxway.com. So that's it. That's a wrap. Whew. Did it. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining joining me today. I hope that was helpful. If you found that helpful, I would love to hear about it. You can actually leave me a voice message or you can send me a plain old-fashioned email over on my website, you which you can find at livecreativenow.com and down in the footer you can, you'll find a little, a way to leave me a, a voice message, blah, blah, a voice message if you like. And uh, if you are getting value out of the podcast, the best way to thank me is to tell your friends. And I would especially be grateful and love it if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. Those ratings and reviews are so incredibly important and really meaningful to me because that's how other people find the show. And that is how you can help other people live 
full color creative lives and join this movement of world changing creatives. If you need step by step instructions, you can find them at livecreativenow.com slash iTunes dash review. That's livecreativenow.com slash iTunes hyphen review. You would totally make my day. And I might even read your review on another episode of the podcast. So that is it. Until next time, thanks again for joining me. Wish me luck at my upcoming speaking gigs and go get creating. Subscribe at livecreativenow.com.